Back in my hole. Back in your I've, hole. I've uh, scuttled back to my dungeon, my hole, my hole in the ground. No, nobody knows that you left, really. I know. I, well, the, yeah. the faithful <laughs> the faithful ones will. But I you also think, know. I don't think that anyone listening to this keeps up with where you are in your house anywhere near as much as you think they do. <laughs> they should. That way they can kind of keep tabs on me and know when I'm out of the house, come rob the place. Tanner's been out Joke's of his podcasting them. hole for a week because there are men in his house and he's scared of them. And I'll just tell everyone that that's true. And that is that the case. And fucking is true. Tell me it's a lie. But that's not why I'm not. That's why I, that's not why I couldn't use my podcasting. There are men in his house fixing his they pipes. They taped up like dust tape. Like dust he's wrap He's afraid everywhere. of the men. Sure. But you're, are you or are you not afraid of the men in your house? Well, they're gone now, so I can confidently <laughs> say no. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> they can never hurt me again. Yeah. <laughs> um, they didn't hurt me. They were very polite, and they helped me fix my house, uh, which was broken. And But now I'm back home. I'm back in my home environment, back on home turf. Yeah. Um, you seem like you're checked out, Jack. What? Um, I guess, quick question for you. Yes. How much is it going to cost? How much is it going to cost? Uh, my rate, actually, much to like Julia Roberts, for the is next one hundred dollars an hour. That's true. We have the same rate, uh, not adjusted for inflation. So there you go. It You're going to really... cut that, right? <laughs> um, how much to have you for the next hour and a half? I guess one hundred dollars. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Now we can relax. Uh, we watched Pretty Woman this week. I guess I should... Uh, I don't know if we, I should address it because you've heard an episode in between now and then, but uh, I didn't have any power for a week. It's kind of interesting because... Uh, um, it's, it's not, it's not it terribly interesting. An ordeal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jack didn't have power for a week, so we didn't record, and you obviously noticed the, the absence of an episode um, yeah, two weeks ago. a couple ago weeks now. ago. Yeah. But now we're back in our stride. You you also probably heard, unless he artfully grafted it in. Yeah. Um, we were planning once again to watch something else. And then once again, we just like fucked off. In the cold it, light of know? day. We were like, let's watch a classic. Let's watch a, a, a stone cold Well, you know classic. what we realized? There yeah. was a whole America's sweetheart like going stale on the shelf over here. Like we've done Sandra Bullock. We've done Reese. We've done Drew. We've done Meg. Done Meg Ryan. Yeah. Who are we missing? Yeah, we haven't. Our collection's America's not complete. Heart. Yeah, Julia do you Roberts. know that I watched Notting Hill earlier this week just because? Wow, you know you yeah. could have just been like, I, when I was like, let's watch something else. You, you could have just said, okay, how about Notting Hill? The the way that that conversation went was, you said you wanted to do a Julia Roberts movie, and inexplicably, you said. Either either of the two Julia Roberts, I guess, classics in your mind, Pretty Woman and My Best Friend's Wedding. <laughs> yeah. What would you yeah, do? Of course. And I, in. I think what I meant was Runaway Bride. Okay. <laughs> as that discussion g- was getting going, I said to you, I think Notting Hill is one of my favorite movies. And then you said, that's weird, and then hung up. <laughs> Just exited out of the what? Zoom. And I was like, okay, I guess 
I guess that really that really hit a sour note for him. <laughs> I don't remember that. Hey, folks, uh, it's Jack here. Uh, just cutting in. Uh, I was doing the edit, and it occurred to me that uh, we record all our Zoom conversations as a backup uh, in case we lose an audio file. So I guess I'm in a position to pull that audio now, and uh, we can all take a listen and see whether it was, in fact, weird. <laughs> um, so do you want to do uh, what? Sense and Sensibility or um, Pretty Woman for tomorrow? Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. Okay. I just rewatched Notting Hill. Man, what a fucking absolute banger. It might be my favorite movie. What? That's a huge statement. It's an incredible movie. I've seen it like 20 times. All right, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, I think you would become distracted by something else. Was our conversation over? It was, yeah, it was coming to an end. But I, I kind of wanted to yeah. throw out that Notting Hill trial balloon. And you were like, huh, I have nothing I have nothing to add to this. This is the end of it. But I'll put it to you. Notting Hill is a masterpiece of American cinema starring America's sweetheart, Julia Roberts, who's also in this film, another masterpiece of American cinema. Well, Pretty Woman. I think seen it. Everyone loves it. Tanner's a gearhead. You probably could have. Yeah, I'm a gearhead. Pretty good joke. Um, I pitched it to Jack. I soft pitched it to Jack before we started. Yeah, Tanner soft pitched it to me. I don't want to take credit for that. Yeah, he's a gearhead. Spelled yeah. G E R E. Yeah, join the party. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing about what we were just talking about. Yeah. Which was, as you'll remember, Notting Hills is good. Here's the thing, Jack, and no one cares. <laughs> I didn't know she cares. was in Notting no, no, no. Hill. I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought this was a typical like Jack, like being like an intellectual, like. An intellectual non sequitur. Oh, hey, while we're, you know, while we're just like here talking as sophisticates, I should say. Notting Hill. No, I love Notting Hill. Films. You didn't advocate for it. I think you, you the reaction was really, appeared it. really strong. It, it, you said something like, that's weird. I said, Notting Hill is one of my it favorite films. It surely was not said, about that. Because that's I, I weird. Think of, I think of nothing. Uh, you know what? That is kind of weird for that to be one of your favorite films. <laughs> think of all the cinema out there. I think you'll find, and listeners, uh, please weigh in in the comments, that many people absolutely fucking adore that wonderful movie. <laughs> well, you know what fu fucking wonderful movie yeah. I adore that I watched today? Pretty Woman. The Julia Roberts movie we did watch, yeah. which was Pretty That's Woman, good. which was enchanting. It's enchanting, yeah. Let's show, we'll say, I guess we could say the movie, but should we just get this out of the way? Should we get that? We've got some academic work to do. Okay. Do you want to get that out of the way now? Um, sure. What kind of academic work? I want I'm to- not, I'm not very good at academic work, I'll say. Talk about retellings of the Pygmalion myth through the ages. Yes. Okay. Pygmalion. Got it. Okay. I'm just going to I'm going to bebop and Scott right along with you see if I can keep up. Okay. So I was thinking about that concept a good deal throughout the watch of this film. And so much the so the concept that after of Pygmalia. The concept of retelling Pygmalion through the ages. What it says about us. I tried to find okay. some sort of Freudian readings of Pygmalion. Couldn't find them on short notice, so we're just going to kind of wing it here. Okay. But I was interested enough in the concept that I... I there was a PS1 I, game called War Pigs that I played a lot I of. I pulled out my... Uh, it was kind of like a my tactical old shooter. Battered copy uh, got here. Metamorph Metamorphosis by... Seize. 
by Ovid. Ovid. Um, and reread the Pygmalion myth. And I was struck. And you've seen, of course, some version of My of Fair Lady. Oh, yeah. I actually have seen that. Yeah. And then, of oh, course, okay. also Pretty Woman. Oh, yeah. But, or um, Lady and the Tramp. The thing that I was struck by, and I think this could be a good uh, way to table set, if I may use that as a ver- an intransitive verb, for this Please. conversation, is that in rereading the Ovid, people always talk about My Fair Lady and to an extent Pretty Woman as retellings of Pygmalion. But I think they're not so much modern retellings, but instructive. Remind me, I, okay, I've I, obviously in the middle seen of the, Pygmalion a, a million yeah. times. Mm. I've seen it a million s- times. Okay. <laughs> but remind me how it goes again. Well, let me say the sentence. I think that this is not so much a modern retelling of Pygmalion as it is an instructive subversion of it. Okay. In... Ovid's telling, is. yes. Yeah. In Ovid's telling, and I think we'll read the, um, we'll, we can read the Ovid myth together rather than me telling you. Though I should warn you, it's very, uh, oh. quite, quite sexy. So we may need to uh, find <laughs> a way to we're, tone we're it down a bit. Dusting off like <laughs> some old characters. <laughs> yeah. But I will say, and you'll know this from our reading, in Ovid's telling, Pygmalion is shocked by the vices of women and turns away from his natural libidinous impulses to find love in art, right? Okay. Uh, A statue. He makes a statue. He makes a a sexy statue. Oh, he jerks off to it? It's very onanistic in a way, which is not true of this. This is expressly copulative, but I think the Pygmalion myth is in some ways Oh, he makes like a hole in the statue. Let's not. What do you mean by copulative? (laughs) I always just land this point. It's actually not much of a point, but I do think it's a good table setting for our conversation. Both Henry I'm Higgins. I'm still a little okay. lost on the Pygmalia stuff. So does he? <laughs> what he makes a statue he can have sex with, and that's the whole story. He is the thing that's interesting, or the thing that I caught and, on and to. And that is this, what we okay. keep retelling. And how is that related to Pretty Woman? <laughs> the thing that I caught on to in this rereading of Pygmalion is that yeah. it begins here. I'll read you the beginning of it. Um, but we should we pr- should probably read the whole thing and have two prude dudes kind of desexify it because it's very hot. Yeah, I think so. Um, it sounds like it's going to be really steamy. So here's what here's how it begins. When Pygmalion saw these women living such wicked lives, he was revolted by the many faults which nature has implanted in the female sex, and long lived a bachelor existence without any wife to share his home. But meanwhile, with marvelous artistry, he skillfully carved yeah. a snowy <laughs> ivory statue. So he wow. is disgusted by his sexual impulses and suppresses uh, them by making a beautiful statue. Meanwhile, you got doll. Richard Gere here who finds a real sexy pretty woman and uses artifice to cover her over and make her palatable to whatever his idea of society is. And in some ways makes her, I think, less authentic to herself. <sighs> wow. I so think it's sort an of interesting subversion. the movie is about how he does not do that. Okay. And sort of... <laughs> invites her into this world to disrupt okay. it trying to find trying to find an angle <laughs> sounds like you don't know the fucking pygmalion myth at all <laughs> do you want to read it and, and unsexify it or should we let should we let's um, yeah let's do it let's say the film first for folks who haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while it's pretty it's pretty yeah basic. okay it's um, just pygmalia if you've seen pygmalia you've seen this Pygmalion guy, like hates that women are so sexy and decides to go like Sigma and then like <laughs> makes himself like a statue that he can have sex with. And that's yeah. the whole story. That's the whole Pretty story. Pretty woman. Yeah. No, here's what happens actually. Yeah. There is a guy called Richard Gere. And his yes. middle name we just learned is, what was Tiffany. it? Tiffany. Tiffany. 
Interesting. I'm taking that on something you've told me. So if it's not true... It says it on Wikipedia. Okay. Richard Tiffany Gear. He's this tough as nails... Exact. Literal billionaire. Literal billionaire. And he's no mercy, cutthroat. He's got real Fifty Shades of Grey energy. Also very warm and charming. And like in- incredibly kind to everyone he meets. I think he has a distance Including to some of his like business. People he's going up against competitively <laughs> in business. Okay. I think he is incredibly a little warm. bit cold. Yes. Okay. I should mention I am a gearhead. You're a gearhead. So we're gonna get we're gonna get a slightly skewed take. And on. it is G E R E, thank you. And I'm yeah. yeah, and I was saving it for that kind of delivery. So yeah, thank sorry. you, Jack. Yeah, I really stepped on your joke there. Uh no, but he's he is really nice. They're both like the whole movie is supposed to be how she's like a sex worker with a heart of gold, but he's like a really like ruthless cutthroat executive with a heart of gold too. Yes. I think he's really nice. You thought like no, I think he's cold. I mean, he, I get that he's supposed to be a gap bad guy, but he's like pretty nice. <laughs> I think he's quite charming. He works too hard. He's a workaholic. Uh, he uh, steals George Costanza's car. Yeah, George That's Costanza's how the movie, movie begins. Playing George Costanza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he steals his like Ferrari or whatever. He takes his Ferrari and he gets lost in the inner city and julia roberts is there plying her trade and he asks her for directions and she's like that'll be 20 bucks this is before map quest he seems to lack any instinct for risk you know (laughs) he's like yeah sure like get in the car (laughs) yeah and then like he gets to his like fancy hotel and he just like brings her in doesn't give a shit that like all the like hoity-toity people's like monocles are all popping out you know like he doesn't care about his standing in society. I guess that's maybe what you get when you're like an ultra billionaire like he is. And then so he pays for her to stay the night, which is $300. Wow. She's what, like, year, what year was this movie? He's like, he literally takes her to the penthouse of the fanciest hotel in the city, like from his Ferrari. And he's like, how much for the night? And she's like, you couldn't afford it. How much for the entire night? Stay here. <laughs> And couldn't afford it. Try me. $300. Done. Thank you. Now we can relax. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's $300. <laughs> he's like, okay, I think I yeah. can fucking swing that. I think this is also after he's already admitted that he's like trying to yeah. a billion dollar company. <laughs> She's a knife. And they um, they have relations. We're just going to have to say that. She like immediately whips out the like condoms. And he's like, let's yeah. get it done. And he's like, no, like, let's chill. I'm going to do yeah. my taxes. You watch Lucy episodes. <laughs> and then we're going to have a psychosexual, like, adventure where we watch Lucy. And then we will have relations. Yeah. And then they do have relations. And then he pays for her for a whole week, during which they fall in love. The end. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. Um, you know, there's famous scene where she goes shopping that's very famous on Rodeo Drive and everyone's mean to her and they look down on her because of her Oh, but then she's got this buddy demeanor. who works at the hotel. Oh, yeah, the, he's fun. He's nice. He's like the, the manager of the hotel. And first he's like horrified that there's this like unrefined person in his hotel lobby. But then he ends up like helping her class up and then um, they really form a really nice friendship. This is such a nice movie. It's nice. For a movie about like a corporate shark. Does it age well? I don't know. Who's like in in Hollywood on a mission to destroy an old man's like legacy. Yeah. (laughs) He becomes a nicer businessman and is nice to the other businessmen later in the the end of the movie. Except George Costanza, who he does punch in the face. 
Richard Gere reveals to George Costanza alone, who's his lawyer, that Julia Roberts is not, in fact, his girlfriend, but is a sex worker. And George Costanza treats her like absolute garbage and gets punched in the face rightly. And then kicked out of kicked out of the movie. Essentially. Kicked out of the movie, but he's still quite rich. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I think the the sort of easy the thing you kind of have to accept about this movie is mm-hmm. that like to buy into the narrative, we're all just sort of f- filthy rich. We're all filthy. Like rich. we're just driving around our like Ferraris, you know, and like throwing around money and buying million dollar companies. Okay, let's talk about how it, what it has to do with this guy having sex with a statue. Yes, perfect. Yeah, I knew that that would be stick in the back of your. Oh, mind. there was a nice part at the end. Just go watch it. It's really nice. It ends really nice. Yeah, he nice. like climbs the la- the fire escape to like sweep her off her feet after like you know trying to just like keep her as like a side piece. I think that he's afraid of intimacy and and is enacting this sort of male like. There's a very telling moment in the film where he's beautifully playing the piano. And she comes downstairs and she's like, I didn't know you played. And he says, I only play for strangers. And that's, you know, that's the thing for both of them, I guess, is they're only comfortable sort of showing their true selves uh, in in front of strangers. If I were sitting there at the bar and I heard him say that, I'd be like, oh, Jesus, I need to use that. I learn how to play the piano. (laughs) Yeah. But so let's read this origin story. Since you've been asking, you want to know about this man who fucks a statue. I want... You well, you fucking it. like set it up like that. Yeah. <laughs> of course I want to know about it. But it's kind of dirty. It's kind of filthy. It's kind of a little bit too sexy. It's what this sexy movie is, I think, based on. All the people in Rotten Tomatoes were like, it's a Cinderella story. No, it's a Pygmalion story. Yeah, obviously. It's just like the nineteen, <laughs> the, the PS1 game, War Pigs. So I'll just tell you this story that I think this film is based on by reading it, but we've got to desexify it. So in order to do that, we need to bring in our old friends. The two Peru dudes. Oh, God. It's been a while. We've done this show now for like over a year, and I wonder if my like tolerance for this stuff, you know, like I've seen P and V, I've seen V and P, I've seen like D and like V and P. Okay. Wow. Like P and P, like V's and D's and P's. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I'm wondering if I can even like get in this prude mindset anymore but i'm gonna try okay well ovid is famously sexy sounds it sounds like it's gonna make me really horny yeah dude fucks the statue okay let's get the prude dudes in here and we will tell the story of pygmalion but taking out the sexy parts and making it palatable for human ears and for folks who are listening to the podcast at the dinner table and now a word from our sponsor better help um a dilly dilly, my lord. <laughs> oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, BetterHelp, uh, where we help evil betters to... Um, Make small, lucrative bets on extremely wicked outcomes. Uh, like, for instance, I bet that I can accidentally put my own bag on the weighing area of your self-checkout at the grocery store so you have to call someone over to make the machine work again. 
Well, basically, since you asked, it's going uh, pretty badly um, because apparently the name of our company sounds too much like the name of our sponsor, BetterHelp. See, it's pronounced completely differently. Their online therapy that will uh, pair you with a licensed therapist in no time at all. Um, and in addition to not even really sounding the same as our evil company, BetterHelp is easy to use, it's entirely online, and they are super flexible, so it's no problem to fit them into your own schedule, which is completely the opposite of how we do it. Anyway, everyone's saying that we shouldn't use the name, which causes me grief, anxiety, self-esteem, and LGBT matters. And to make matters worse, um, I can't even get therapy for this stuff because I don't believe that men need therapy because I'm evil. If you're ready uh, to give online therapy a try, though, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bedfellows. Knock, knock, knock. It's Creek. Hello, it's me, Tanner Greenring. I'm a prude dude. I'm um, a Midwestern born and raised. Mm. Uh, nice Minnesota family. Never talked about sex. Um, in fact, I have uh, early memories of hearing the song Faith, I think, by George Michael as a kid um, mm-hmm. and thinking it was like pretty scandalous, you know, and then yeah. therefore like being kind of um, scandalized by sex for the rest of my adult life. My name is Jack Shepard. I'm British by birth and so incredibly reticent and awkward talking about any topics like that. And I remember hearing the song, Let's Talk About Sex Baby, and thinking, no thanks. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> yeah, actually, let's not. <laughs> that is a good song, uh, So though. we're... <laughs> Despite the, like, sort of blue language. It'd be funny, you know, it'd be funny if they censored it. Let's talk about <laughs> beep, <laughs> baby. <laughs> It would be funny, Tipper Gore. Um, (laughs) Um, So we're going to take this uh, famously sexy myth about a guy fucking a statue, and we're going to make it palatable for folks who, again, are listening to this at the dinner table with their family. And I'm sorry, I said guy fucking a statue about seven times in the last five minutes. Yeah, and I was talking about him jerking off to it earlier. Let's go. Which one's worse? I guess they're sort of the same thing. No, I'm gonna read this out to you. It's fairly short. You cross a line, I guess. It's shorter than your traditional sex scene in a romance novel, and you just get your red pen out, and we'll correct it as we go. Okay. Great. When Pygmalion saw these women living such wicked lives, he was revolted by the many faults which nature has implanted in the female sex. I guess we like. Oh, we shouldn't say that last word. (laughs) Yeah. Many faults which nature has implanted in... What's that game you were talking about? War Pigs? Yeah, War Pigs. Let's look up some characters Does that have some, like, glitches in there? This will give me a chance to go back and actually look up what it was called. Hogs of War. So much better. So completely unlike Pygmalion. Let me say Hogs of War, like, four different... Hogs of War. Who's the creator of that game? Hogs of War. Hogs of War. Hogs of War. Stop doing that. Hogs of War. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was doing that to get pickups and so you could paste over. Oh, I see. So who's Hogs a, of War, a pig-shaped collection of islands located in the South Pacific Ocean known as Sausage Australia Perfect. has been found to be rich source of swill, depicted okay. like oil being harvested by pump jacks. 
that is described as the lifeblood of pigs, and that whoever controls this will controls the world, thus leading to all nations engulfing in an all-out war to conquer the region. The Chosen Nation Squadron battles through each of Australia's five main regions, Hogshead, Australia, Trotsville, Beliopolis, and Arstria. Ooh, a little naughty. <laughs> that is naughty. Okay, who's the publisher? Oh, um, great games. Gremlin Interactive. Okay, so tell me if this sounds right. When Pygmalion Fun. saw these women Fun living name. such wicked lives, let's just say when Pygmalion saw these uh, hogs of war okay. at the GameStop. Yeah, let me go. You want me to look up the names of the teams? I no, can for you. Absolutely not. Okay. When Pygmalion saw hogs of war to. at the GameStop, he was revolted by the many faults which nature, well, no, which um, Gremlin Interactive. Gremlin Interactive is, yeah. Had implanted in the game. Yeah, I'm on the Hogs of War wiki now. Yeah. Great, um, that's super useful. Teams. Yeah. I thought I'd just give you a little more fodder here, you know? The Garlic Grunts. Nope, no, it's not helpful. <laughs> okay. Yeah, now I'm realizing now that they're all tied to nationalities, too. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking some of them are probably pretty offensive. <laughs> He had long lived a bachelor existence without any wife to share his home. That tracks. You know? Gamergate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but meanwhile, with marvelous artistry, he skillfully carved a snowy ivory statue. That's fine, right? Um, so far, it's okay. Although yeah. it's like... It's starting you know, to sound sexy. It's creeping in. He made it lovelier than any woman born and fell in love with his own creation. Hmm. What if we made him... I know we're down this, like, Hogs of War thing. Yeah, we can abandon it if you want. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. <laughs> um, mostly because I'm looking, now I am definitely looking at the team names, and they yeah. are definitely super racist. Okay, so now perfect. I disavow ever even playing this game on perfect. PlayStation 1 when I was 10. <laughs> you remember, you know those, like, um, they like have them in, like, martial arts gyms? They're sort of, like, uh, punching bags, but they're mostly just the head and torso of like an aggressive-looking man with like a buzz cut. Sure, yeah, uh-huh. And you do like martial arts on them. Yeah. What if he's making that instead of like a sexy woman, just to kind of like at least take the like you know he could just be making this to like train on. But meanwhile, with marvelous artistry, he skillfully crafted a martial arts dummy with a buzz cut. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. That's fine to practice on. He made it lovelier than any woman born and fell in love with his own creation. The statue had all the appearance of a, I guess, should we say guy with a buzz cut? Um, well, sort Just of like the, the, narrative? the upper torso, armless guy with a buzz cut. Okay. So that it seemed to be alive, to want to move, did not modesty forbid. True. Yeah. I mean, is that too sexy? Well, here's w where it does get sexy. So cleverly did his art conceal its art. Pygmalion gazed in wonder, and in his heart there rose a passionate love for this image of a human form. Often he ran his okay. hands over the work, feeling it to see whether it was flesh or I think or this is ivory. just where we turn it into like a cool training montage. Where it's okay. like, instead of feeling love for the figure, he feels like motivated. Okay, great. To train. And then he does, instead of, uh, what's the next thing he does? He kissed the statue and imagined that it kissed him back. No, kicked it. Kicked. <laughs> that's an easy That's an easy change. Kicked it. And imagined it kicked him back. Obviously, yeah. you'd have to imagine it doesn't have legs. Spoke to it and embraced it, and thought he felt his fingers sink into the limbs he touched so that he was afraid. Like Swore at it and yeah. choke held it. Okay, that's... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You're worried this is too violent? It's for training. 
yeah, it's a little bit violent. It's becoming a little bit violent. And it's also like, I feel like this guy could stand to be a little bit less violent. He's already seems like he like lives in his basement. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Um, what is what should be he be carving then? You know, speaking of our my Midwestern upbringing. Yeah. One thing I've seen carved live is big block of butter. Big block of butter at the at the state fair. The world's um, largest big block of butter. Yeah, at the state fair every year, the young woman who wins like Miss Minnesota or whatever. Mm-hmm poses at the state fair and someone chisels their likeness into a big block of butter okay for everyone to kind of sit and admire so i don't see anything like inherently sexual about that although i you know i guess i should be writing this down huh i guess so i still have the um hogs of war wikipedia page up so i can't really take notes so let's just have them go we'll go when pygmalion saw the hogs of war okay we're keeping them in living such wicked lives and yeah and let's say they're canceled just so we could just disavow them. The, yeah, that's what living such wicked lives, already that. He was revolted by their many faults. That's fine. Yeah. He had long lived a bachelor existence. This is fine. Nothing wrong with that. At some point we start to swerve, right? Well, here's what we do now without any wife to share his home. This just fits the profile, doesn't it? I'm going to yeah. say at GameStop, um, just fine. to kind of paint a picture. He had long lived a bachelor existence without any wife to share his home. Meanwhile... So we're just abandoning the dummy. Meanwhile, with marvelous artistry, he carved. Should we say carved? What do you do with a slab of butter? He sculpted. Um, Yeah, I would say. Yeah, sculpt. Sculpt is right. The world's largest block of butter. Block of butter. Should we say for the state fair? For the Minnesota State Fair, I think that thoroughly removes any kind of sexual connotation. Yeah, it's not sexy at all. Yeah. Great. Okay. He kissed the butter and imagined that it kissed him back. Nope, nope, nope. No, okay. Um, well, I don't know. I guess I'm thinking about someone kissing butter, and I guess it's not... Again, it's not immediately sexy to me, but I suppose if someone did it the right way... Okay. I, I don't know we'll, what that way is. I think we can keep that in. Spoke to okay. it and embraced it. That's fine. It's butter. Yeah. It's just part of his method. And thought he felt his fingers sink into the limbs he touched. So that he was afraid lest a bruise appear where he had pressed they the would flesh. Do that. They would not bruise. I think your finger would just go right into butter. I also think they mostly just stick to like at the the Minnesota State Fair. They mostly stick to like collarbones up. Okay. Shall I say into the collarbone? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sometimes he addressed it in flattering speeches. Sometimes brought the kind of presence that just butter the the butter that butter enjoys. A little bit weird. Maybe we'll just cut that part out. Yeah, we'll just cut that part. That part's not essential to the story anyway. He dressed the limbs of his statue in woman's robes. That seems fine. Seems fine. He dressed the butter. Let's have something a little bit less evocative. Let's just say in a robe. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. A bathrobe? A non-sexual bathrobe. I think that's good. An unsexy bathrobe. What's the opposite of alluring? Unsexy. Unalluring. An unalluring bathrobe. That's great. He dressed the butter in an unalluring bathrobe. Pearls hung from its ears and chains were looped upon its breast. Jesus. I don't think we can have that. I don't think we can have chains on the butter at all. I think that's too heavy. Um, I think we'll just have to do like... Well, we already said there is no Because it's kind of collarbone area. Oh, yeah. So we'll just cut that line. Okay, we'll it's cut easy. it. That's great. All this finery became the image well, but it was no less lovely unadorned. Pygmalion then placed the statue Fine. on a couch. 
I mean, it's not great for your couch. Okay, so this is the sexy part, and, and you have to listen closely because Ovid is being uh, kind of winky-wink here. Pygmalion okay. then placed the statue on a couch that was covered with cloths of Tyrian purple, laid its head to rest on soft down pillows as if it could appreciate them, and called it his bedfellow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's huh. that's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm obviously incredibly like horned up right now just by that <laughs> description. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely not great for your couch. It's definitely not great for your not bed. good for butter either. I think it's going to be murder for your complexion if you like then put your head on that pillow like the next night. Okay, so we do we we can't have him calling the butter bedfellow, right? I'm just gonna I'm gonna you shorten that too. Okay, obviously let- there's the problem that this is too sexy. Yeah. There's a secondary problem that it's fucking IP infringement. <laughs> <laughs> he laid the butter sculpture down on... How big is this thing? Like, I would say twice the size of human head. So okay. Like 2X. <laughs> Can I just say on a plinth? That's usually That's, where they do the yeah, carving. On a plinth and then ca- and called it his... And then we could just have something that's not bedfellow, which is very sexy, and as everyone knows. Um, called it his... I guess we can go back to like Hogs of War if you really want to. I don't. I was, I was kind of glad that we got away from it. What do they call things in Hogs of War? That's um, not you racist. You wouldn't want to know. Okay, yeah. Um, what about just what's like a thing that's like prize winner or something like that? Oh, like Blue Ribbon. Blue, blue, blue Ribbon. There we go. His Blue Ribbon Babe. Mm. Babe's a little aggressive. A little yeah. sexy. Friend. Oh, you want alliteration? I did. I would love something beginning with B. Ball bud. league, bud. No, blue ribbon, bud. Yeah, bud. That's good. <laughs> okay, this is great. So let's see. Basically, what happens next, and I just won't read all of it because it gets pretty flowery. Is uh, he goes to the festival of Venus and this is prays coital? Yeah, pro- prays to the gods that the statue will come alive. Basically. Oh, I don't think you would want that for one of these butterheads. So we'll have we'll go to the Minnesota State Fair, right? The Minnesota State, this is working. Fair, yeah. which is celebrated. It feels like it. And we still have the Hogs of War stuff at sort of the front end of the story. Yeah, it's up it's there. Kind of like a little. Yeah, it's in there. It's a little prologue. tease. Prologue. Celebrated with the greatest pomp, mm-hmm. and this is true, all through Minnesota. Just say the Midwest. the Midwest. Yep. Midwest was now in progress. Okay. And heifers, their crooked horns gilded for the occasion, had fallen at the altar as the axe struck their snowy necks. Does that sound right? It's certainly violent. And I don't know if the two prude dudes are... I guess not. I've never been to a state fair. I think we're okay with this. Yeah. It's kind of nice language, too. I hate to change it. Well, and it's not. It's certainly not sexy. No. Yeah. And that's our main mandate here. Struck their snowy necks. Smoke was rising from the incense. So here's what Pygmalion says. If you gods can give all things, may I have as my wife, I pray. He did not dare to say the ivory maiden, but finished one like the ivory maid. The implications are certainly sexual. Yeah. So I don't think we want him wishing that his statue would come to life so that he could have sex with it. Stood by the, what's something that you have at the state fair instead of altar? Because that sounds kind of archaic. Well, like everything's on a stick is kind of the thing about this, the Minnesota State Fair. Okay, like, the, the give me an example of something that's on a stick at the Minnesota. Like deep fried Oreo on a stick. At the deep fried Oreo stall. Oh, that would be actually, I mean, that place is really busy. Okay. Is that okay, usually though? usually a huge line. I mean, you're going to be waiting a while. 
Okay, that's all right. This is our story, you know? I just maybe put it in there, you know, just warn people. Okay, yeah. He's, uh, Pygmalion, having made his offering, stood by the deep-fried Oreo stall uh, despite the long line. Yeah, that's good. And prayed that his butter sculpture would win the blue ribbon, would win the prize. Good? Yeah, I guess. Because I think it's if you pray that it will be his wife, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, that close to the deep fryers, I think you're probably more just like praying she doesn't melt. Okay, so let's wrap this up. I'm just going to say what happens next. Uh, Venus hears his cries and does make the butter sculpture come alive, and he fucks her, and they have kids. <sighs> Christ. <laughs> this, is the, this is the story you like? <laughs> How is this related to pretty women? <laughs> it's literally what pretty woman is based on. Certainly. <laughs> I wonder if people are going to push back on this because everyone in Rotten Tomatoes said Cinderella. But it's My Fair Lady. And you're thinking it's... it's My Fair Lady. Surely okay. it's My Fair Lady. Yeah, it is obviously My Fair Lady. Yeah. Um, and you're saying My Fair Lady is obviously this like story about this guy having sex with a statue. Yes, My Fair or Lady. Or in our sanitized version. The musical based on the play Pygmalion. <laughs> you know, I'm realizing now By that... George Bernard um, Shaw. We sort of stripped a lot of the... the Hogs um, of War stuff? We, you know, we did end up stripping a lot of the Hogs of War stuff. As I said, I have disavowed kind of my knowledge of that. So yeah, no, I'm I'm worried that we maybe like lost a lot of the uh, conflict in the story. Okay, because now it's just about a guy who goes to the Minnesota State. He Fair, really wants to win. Carves a bust. Yeah, and then um, hopes it wins a blue medal, a blue ribbon. Okay, you want it's kind of just the story of someone who does do that. Okay, <laughs> it's like slice of life. It's like this American life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it's too late to turn back now. We can maybe put a little conflict in the. I think we need to. We need to come to a close here. And so, what do we do here? I, do we want to say that it does? I win mean, I guess what ribbon? we say is like, should we say it comes alive? That would be M- directed by M Night Shyamalan. I think what we say is here's what we say. Okay. All that happens, right? Yeah. The guy goes to the butter. He carves the statue. Yeah. He tries to win the the blue medal. Mm-hmm. And then at the last minute. The armies of Team Lard okay. invade the Isle of Swill okay. and kind of like reclaim. butter-related. I think this is sort of like zooming out. It's sort of like bigger picture. You know, like we saw this one kind of like slice of life story about this butter sculptor. And now we're kind of like zooming out to the big picture, which is like this world engulfed in war okay. over this resource, Swill. And that book ends it nicely, too. It's like Tolkien. Okay. And the armies of Team Lard and someone else. Is there another one that's not like problematic to say? Oh gosh, um, I guess we could say. I mean, it, I guess you could say Tommy's Trotters. That's what the English team is called. Great. I could say Uncle Ham's Hogs. Meanwhile, the world became engulfed in a deadly a war pretty... between the armies of Team Lard and Tommy's Trotters. I don't know why they would be battling against one another. Allies. <laughs> Engulfed in a deadly war waged by the armies of Team Lard and Tommy's Trotters. Sure. I don't actually... We can say Team Lard versus Tommy Trotters. Okay, that's fine. I, I don't remember the lore of the game that well. And although Pygmalion's sculpture won first place, this feels like we really just kind of zoomed out a little bit too far. <laughs> yeah, we do do that sometimes. Is there any way we could, like, tie it in? <laughs> like... Maybe there's a statement we can make about, like, war's impact on art and culture. Okay. (laughs) 
Okay, fine. Here we go. I'm just going to finish it because we have to go. Uh, ushering in an era of... Artistic oppression. Creative oppression. An era of creative oppression, despite the promising uh, butter... Sculpting. Sculpting that was in... Career. What, no, I want to say butter sculpting um, art that was in its infancy. Oh, uh, the, the like spark of like buttery expression. Great, there we go. Spark of buttery Snuffed expression. Snuffed out in its infancy. Snuffing out, there we go. Snuffing out this bright spark. I'm going to read, read it back to you real fast. I guess we could say, just to like not make it a sad one, because that's like a really sad ending. What did you say? This bright, bright spark of buttery what? Expression. Expression, that's great. And that's a really sad ending, so just to kind of like give it a button to put, make it a happy ending. Mm-hmm. He marries and fucks the butter statue. Okay, that's fine. And I can't remember yeah. why we were doing this in the first place, so it seems fine. He marries and fucks the butter statue. Can I read this back Perfect. to you? Yeah, please. Okay. The story of Pygmalion. When Pygmalion saw the Hogs of War at GameStop living such wicked lives, he was revolted by their many faults. This is fine. It's sort of like that you're sort of in the narrative universe of Hogs of War there. Yeah. Which you kind of like, it's a little it breakneck, sets it up. but... Yeah. Yeah. He had long lived a bachelor existence without any wife to share his home. Now yes. we're out of now, so we are out of the narrative universe of yeah. Hogs of War. Okay. Meanwhile, with marvelous artistry, he sculpted the world's largest block of butter for the Minnesota State Fair. He kissed the butter and imagined that it kissed him back. I'm surprised we left that in, but it's too late to change it now. Spoke to you it. You said and it wasn't it. sexy. I said it yeah. could be sexy if done correctly. <laughs> and thought he felt his fingers sink into the collarbone. He dressed the butter yeah, that in seems an fine. unalluring seems bathrobe. Mm-hmm. Then laid it down. How unalluring. He dressed the butter sculpture in an extremely unalluring. Because I'm thinking about it now. Yeah. Still a little bit alluring. A little bit. Thinking about like a robe hanging off like a yeah. shoulders and head made out of butter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm doing my best here. He dressed the butter sculpture in an extremely unalluring bathrobe. He yeah. laid it, then laid it down on a plinth and called it his blue ribbon bud. I would just say set it on a plinth. Doesn't matter. Minor change. That's fine. And set it on a plinth. The Minnesota State Fair, which is celebrated with the greatest pomp through all the Midwest, was now in progress. And heifers, their crooked horns gilded for the occasion, had fallen at the altars. The axe struck their snowy necks. Again, I haven't been to Minnesota. I think that's what it's like. It certainly is like that. I don't know why they're doing it, like, right there at the State Fair. (laughs) Pygmalion, having made his offering, stood by the deep-fried Oreo stall despite the long line, and prayed that his butter sculpture would win the prize. Mm -hmm. And this is where we zoom out a little bit. Meanwhile, the world became engulfed in a deadly war between the armies of Team Lard and Tommy's Trotters, ushering in an era of creative oppression, snuffing out this bright spark of buttery expression in its infancy. Wow. It's pretty dark. Pygmalion did, however, marry and fuck the butter statue. (laughs) Perfect. Wow, what a happy ending. (laughs) It is a romance after all. Yeah. And if you haven't seen uh, Pretty Woman, <laughs> it's, just, it's pretty much just that. That was like a, we sort of fucked up the episode because we actually spent the entire time describing the movie. Yeah. <laughs> got a little bit of time left here. We've got about 10 minutes. Do you want to, what do you, you want to do? You want to do the arm challenge? Yeah, I do. I would like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Foot arm challenge, viral trend at the mm-hmm. 14 minute, 50 second mark. Julia Roberts is helping Richard Gere yeah. find his way to Beverly Hills. Okay. Um, in his car, he's like, "Yeah, this is fine. Mm-hmm. Get in the car. If I get pulled over by the police, I'll just say she was helping me find my way to Beverly Hills." Yeah, smart. 
But anyway, she says... You know your foot's as big as your arm from your elbow to your wrist? Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. It's a little bit of trivia. Did you know that your foot... <laughs> I can't quite get there. Uh, so the forearm challenge is to just fucking prove it. Here we Did go. You Put your money where your, your mouth is. Your foot is as long as your forearm. You're aware this is an audio medium, right? Yeah, you'll have to describe it. Perfect. And love, everyone can just this. do this at home, too. It's the, This is a fucking TikTok challenge. Okay, he's doing it. It's a TikTok challenge. He's putting his foot up. Danner's taking his shoes off for the occasion. He's putting his shoes in my house. Okay. You wear shoes in your own house? Currently wearing shoes. Let's see. Yep, okay. He's showing me his foot. I see the foot. Now can I see the forearm? He's placed his forearm against his foot. And yeah, I would say. longer. I would say they're. It's close. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Everybody. Please tweet about this episode with hashtag footarm challenge. Footarm uh, challenge. Look at this. Yeah, he's put, put his foot up against his forearm, and it's sort of like, yeah, no, the forearm's a lot longer. Forearm's, forearm's definitely longer. a lot longer. Okay, great. So I lose the footarm challenge. Are you going to do it? I guess. Uh, I guess you describe it. I've lost. Okay, it's hard to do. And I guess that- if you lose the footarm challenge, you nominate someone else. So I nominate Jack Shepard. Okay. God, this is going to spread like fucking wildfire. Ow! You we should call foot? TikTok and apologize. Yeah, a little bit. I can't. How did you do it? I guess I'm just more flexible than you. Ah! Ah! Wow, Jack is so inflexible. Ah! I think it's the same size. Ah! You win. Okay. You still have to nominate someone. I nominate. Do, someone, do a celebrity, Ellen. Julia Roberts! <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay. <laughs> I think Ellen's canceled anyway. Footarm challenge. Yeah, I think challenge. we. I think we use this podcast. I, am, I have a lot of fun doing this podcast with you, and I think it's provides a valuable service to the sex bugs in the mm-hmm. bed pots. Yeah, this has been but a particularly useful one. I think it's nice to, to kind of have like a side gig launching these viral yeah. challenges, just seeing what we can get to take off. Yeah, try to do the footarm challenge. Film it. Place it in the comments. Put it on TikTok. Put it on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Nominate Ellen. Nominate Ellen. So let's can get this out going. How to do that. Let's yeah. get this started. <laughs> um, you want to do burns? Yeah. Let's do some burns here. Um, I guess I'll go first. Burn of the week, Jack. I fucking paid you for an hour and a half. I need you. I said burn of the week. Um, let's see. I'm just looking for my burn. Here it is. Ready? Yep. Uh, it's early on. Uh, Richard Gear, uh, for all the gearheads out there, that's your king. That's your king. Yeah. <laughs> Has picked up Julia Roberts under the pretense or reality that he needs her to give him directions. And I guess he also knows that they're probably going to have relations back in his hotel. It's kind of unstated, but that seems likely at this point. It's sort of confusing. He knows what he's doing. You sort of think he's going to take her in just to like be a nice guy. Yeah. But then they do end up having this kind of psychosexual yeah. adventure with I Love Lucy. Yeah. And he's like, No, I want to find Beverly Hills. Can you give me directions? And she goes, Sure. For five bucks. Ridiculous. Price just went up to ten. And he says, You can't charge me for directions. And then she says, I can do anything I want to, baby. I ain't lost. <laughs> so good. It's yeah, so good. She nails it. <laughs> she fucking crushes it. <laughs> she kills it. Later when they end up, this is my other burn. He kind of reverses the burn because when she enters his world and she's sort of like, she she's dressed like someone who would be getting the attention of uh, a gentleman on the street. Mm-hmm. And she's in the lobby of this very fancy hotel and everyone's kind of scandalized. 
and they're standing by the elevator waiting and there's a couple of like old stiffs there yeah and the elevator doors open and she jumps in and there's a little couch and she jumps on and she's like well color me happy there's a sofa in here for two <laughs> like just trying to be as obnoxious as possible in front of these like hoity-toity rich people that's good and they're all um, and richard gear turns to them and yeah. this is the burn and he says first time in an elevator <laughs> good a lot of burns in this movie uh they do fall in love uh pretty woman is julia roberts and richard gear is richard gear and george costanza's in it have we said everything it's time for us to leave now and i would like to leave a go i'd like to thank you tanner very much for bearing with me i'd like to thank the um b babies so very much for bearing with us we do love and kiss you all day and um, sex bugs bed yes. pots this week we watched a film the film we watched was called pretty woman next week we've decided in advance we're gonna be watching sense and sensibility with the ang lee version that's uh one we of the sort of like all-time we, we like mental mapped out together in this moment of like pure synergy yeah like just agreed <laughs> on like what the next three of our three weeks of our lives would look like pretty good like already forecasted our moods and i think we're spot on so far spot i'm really on. looking forward to ang lee's sense and ang lee's sense and sensibility it's a masterpiece yeah, I've seen it. I love it. All that remains for me to say this week, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And I hope that you find your shopping spree ever after. Best I could do. Well, it was pretty poor. <laughs> I have to go see what my dog's barking at because no one else okay. is home and all my doors are open. I'll be right back. Okay. My neighbors across the street had the fucking gall to check mm. their mail. Outrageous.